Heard America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AlchemySingle.com and the AlchemySingle Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. I was about to say, I was about to announce, I was about to announce that we're less than $100 away from 70000 yeah. And I figured, okay, I'll give it, right? Because we're less than 100 bucks away. Finally get to the 70 then I see we're at 68,900. I thought it was 69,900. Oh. So my math skills again betray me. So how much is that? Or my lack of math skills betray me. How much is that? Right now, 1,082. Come on, there's got to be $1,082 out there somewhere. For you. Yeah, there is somewhere. Problem is these days it's very hard to find it. Um, we have a uh, very special guest in our temporary studio here at Nefesh Benefesh headquarters in Jerusalem, Israel. He is somebody who has joined us before on prior occasions when we have visited this facility. He is the co-founder, the man in charge, the person who inspires an entire Jewish nation. He is the one and only Rabbi Yoshua Josh Fast. After all these years, I still don't know if I should use your Hebrew or English name. Is that funny? I still don't know which one I should use as the primary introduction. Give me a second just to think this through. What would you? What would you think? What would you, the pro, the pro, You're now introducing. Our, let, you know. Let's say Rabbi Fast is nominated for a Hall of Fame, and I'm asked to induct him. Do I? Do I? Right. A very prominent ceremony. Do I There's use an Aliyah Hall of Fame now? Is there an Aliyah Hall of Fame? There should be an Aliyah Hall of Fame. Sandy Kovacs' yes, jersey. they have that the, thing. Every summer you have these awards. What's it called? The Boneola. Yeah. Boneola. Bonizion, please. Sorry, Bonizion. <laughs> that's the that, Olam. Because I'm very uncomfortable with this whole conversation. Oh, but but you, you just know. But isn't that a good thing? They actually created a Hall of Fame without realizing that they created a Hall of I Fame. Think, I think that uh, you should call him Josh because that's how you know him. Josh. Uh, okay. So uh, I officially changed on all my documentation from Josh to Yehoshua. Not Facebook, did you? Yeah, yeah. Do you know when? Facebook's also Yehoshua? I don't know. I don't use Facebook. I'm one of those introverts on social media. Yeah, I didn't see it. Um, Someone must have. We had like a bunch of likes. I mean, So they, They when I was on the March of the Living, around 20... Twenty-four years ago, you on were one of the trips. You were a rabbi. I was an educator. I was uh, the Southern Region educator. And when we were in the Warsaw Cemetery, it, it's fascinating to see as centuries evolve how the names become, uh, how they how they change from the Hebrew, Yiddish to then the more um, Polish names. And right. I just I was moved by that point to just to hunker down with my roots and to have, uh, but uh, dear friends still call me Josh. Even some call me Joshy. It depends on which age they've. Uh, well, now that you're in this official capacity as a regular guest. Um, uh, for me, it should be. You're doing great. You do both. I like that. Yeah, Yoshua, Josh, Josh, Yoshua. It's interesting. Are your parents aware that you made this move to go strictly with Yoshua? Are they aware of this? No. They're not aware of it. My wife does. Right, but, well, but she didn't name you. I'm, I'm saying are your, if your parents would be – let's say your parents are listening right now and they'd be aware of this. Would they would – they re- No, they just probably think it's natural when I got to Israel. Right. Uh, it's uh, – it, that's, the, that's the progression. Yeah. Interesting. You're a fascinating man. Thank you so much. On a much more serious topic. Hold on for a second. What we were talking about before I got on the air, we were talking about the campaign. 
Yeah. What yeah. was going on? What are we missing? Well, uh, well <laughs> you don't want to know what we're missing. $331,000. No, no, no. You don't want to know what we're missing. At the moment, it was uh, it was a, 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 a thousand, goal. a goal for today of a thousand and, help me with the math, 88 and 88? No. Yeah. 80, 82. dollars $1,082. So I was holding, uh, this maybe we would do it later on in the show, but the the contribution that Nefesh gave for the campaign was only part one. Wow. So Tell me was... there's five parts. Tell me there's five parts. Oh, no. There's one and a half parts. <laughs> Wait a second. No, it's one and one eighth. Wait a second. We're here next week also. There has to be five parts. No, no, parts. I'm not here next week. I'm not here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm here. <laughs> He, he wants to have dinner next week. Of course he's here next no, week. No, Josh has to give and Yoshua has to correct. give. That's two parts. That's adorable. Rabbi Fass is the third part. <laughs> Batsheva is the fourth part. Uh, that's, uh, so are you so, announcing something there, Rabbi? No, I'm just telling you. Whatever I gave as as the first part no, no, of the let's, contribution. Let's hold off. We'll, we'll okay. hold off on this till next week. Why? Because psychologically I need the boost next week. It's gonna be very, next week's going to be very hard. Fine. So I, I retract that. Yeah. Do you mind? I give nothing. Do I mind? I, I, I was ready to go. As, but, uh, as CFO, I, do you mind? I give nothing. So I'm, I'm friends with Rabbi Fass. So, <laughs> so you were Yotze last week. <laughs> of, all Talk thing, to me. of all the things we've discussed off the air, mm-hmm. and you and I, in all seriousness, have had some... Very meaningful conversations in the last 20 plus years. Is it 20 years? Yeah. 20 20 years, 22 years. years. I think the first time we actually had a formal meeting was in Jerusalem in 2002. Maybe it was even 01. I don't even know. Anyway, one of the most heartbreaking things you've ever said to me, and unfortunately, not just from this war, but through the difficulties that Israel's had over the years that we know each other, there have been a lot of heartbreaking moments. But you tell me about, and we hear every day, we, I have to tell you, you wake up to it every single day, the reports of who has lost their life, who has fallen in battle in defense of the Jewish people on the state of Israel and the land of Israel. And you tell me that as you're visiting a Shiva house, I think it was at the Shiva house, um, someone reminds you that the young man who fell in battle you actually spent time with him walking to shul. He, when he was 10 years old, when he, he would pick me up old. Shabbos afternoon. I found it funny. This, this is not a criticism. Yeah. I found it funny you didn't remember it. But I don't you, remember anything. Okay, so that's it. You know, and, and, you know, and, it's, and for you. No, but the moment they started saying the story, I was like, of back course. To you. Of course. So this is someone that you knew as a 10-year-old. Yeah. And somebody who grew up in your shul, obviously. Yeah. And and someone who joined you for a, a pretty cool thing. This is a pre-Shabbos year. Is that what happened? I a, gave a Shabbos afternoon oh, Shabbos mission afternoon. class Shabbos to, afternoon. to young kids. I misunderstood. I thought it was a Friday and, thing. And the story even continues because I, I told the class, it was I, I felt it was nice to do multi-generational teaching. And I felt that I, I, I should... Roll up my sleeves, sit on a small chair, and give Mr. Class Shabbos afternoon to, to young kids. Besides, and that, that, then that was right before I gave the Tanakh Shir Shabbos afternoon Shir to adults. And I t- promised the kids that we would go on a fishing trip <laughs> if we finished Mesechet Shabbos, Mishnayos. Wow. And they held me to it. Now, the day that we went fishing, it was horrible, horrible 
rocky waters and waves to a point that we were all (laughs) losing our lunch. Remember radio. I'm sorry. And there were a few kids, and to a point that we were begging the captain to come back. Wow. Because we just, I remember I was on on the floor holding onto a pole, um, and he he returned like 80% of us. And there were like three kids that, that wanted to stay on. They're like, no, we finished. We made a CM. We're doing the whole day. And he was one of the kids. And those are the ones who became the Chayalim. Did you catch anything? And those are the, and those are the ones who became the Chayalim. Yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah. It's, 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 it's. Josh, it's, as you all said earlier today, it's us. These are, the, God forbid, God forbid, God forbid, anybody, anybody, you know, with our background, who are blessed, and, and please God, it'll happen to me as well, who are blessed to have children in Israel and grandchildren in Israel. It, 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 you sit at that shiva house, God forbid, you could be looking at yourself. Or it's, could be it's, at yourself? it's such sustained heartache. It's, um, I was talking to Egal beforehand. The new normal is just unbearable. It's very different from the beginning, the first times that we talked after the war. I think we were all just shocked by the barbarism and just the brutality and the sheer number that was lost. Now this new normal is just horrible. I'm telling you, it's just horrible. Um, because it's a necessity of pain to accomplish what we need to do for existentialism. We need to survive. How long it takes us to get to that point that we have stability and calmness. We know that there's going to be every morning those horrible words, you know, that we can publicize, that we told the families that these are the people who passed away yesterday. And the only way to stop that is if we don't accomplish the goal and then you know that there can be even more horrific outcomes if we don't accomplish it. So you're, you're damned either way. The better and there's, all horrible uh, choices. Yeah, exactly. And there's losses. And there's such beautiful, beautiful gems. Every day, it's just like, God, why are the best... Why the best... The best of us. The best. Are the ones, and, it's just, and, you, and we, the world is so small. And we know... We know so many. Either because a kid walked to shul with me on Shabbos, or today we were supposed to have a meeting, and last night, one of the people, a critical per- person in the meeting said, my neighbor just was killed. I- I- I'm going to Leviathan tomorrow. I can't come. It's just so close. It's so proximal, and the pain is just so heart-wrenching. Unbearable. And, 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 and you, you're not numbed by it, you can't be numb. You don't want to be numb by it. But it's just, just it's just sustained, and it's just horrible. And this shiva house that I was at, the Zenelman family, for Ari Hashem Yikom Damam. So he was telling me that two days beforehand, a dear classmate of his was visiting him for shiva, and when I was there, a couple of days later. It was a day that his classmate lost his son. Oh, my gosh. So the Heshi Lowenstern's son, Alicia, passed away. Two days after he visited, he said, so when I get up from Shiva, I have to go visit the person who was Menachem Oti, who consoled me two days prior. 
it, it's a cycle of just of just heartbreak and and that's just the the visceral emotional pain of loss forget about all the single moms for the last two months who are at a breaking point breaking point I can tomorrow. There's a group called Neshei Chayel. They just made themselves up. You don't know this. Tomorrow there's a group for just the Anglo's of wives and mothers of wives of Chayalim, just so that they have a a day off. There are 900 people that are registered to come tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be insane. Every inch of this place is going to 900 women who are coming for therapy, for massages, for nails, for just just you know for just. Um, just a time out for themselves because for the last two months plus they've been doing everything. So you have that whole infrastructure. And, and it's not just single motherhood. It's going to sleep at night with, with petrified, petrified that they might get a phone call in the middle of the night. It's an existence that is just an Im- unbearable. And then... You have all the implications and repercussions of just having this manpower not around. And that adds on for the economic growth. The basic needs of the family. Forget about basic needs of the family, basic needs of the country. We have 14 top managers of this foundation that are in Miluim. That affects everything. That means every single person here or a lot of us are taking on two or three different plates and we're, everyone's exhausted. So on top of the emotional stress and the pain and the heartbreak and just the, you're extended. It's just, it's not fun. And it's been really, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very challenging place for this country to be in. We don't know how to do sustained war. Right. We don't know. We're in its longest practically. Exactly. We don't know how to do this. And you're worried, what you wish for, for, for everyone to come back, it's, you question whether or not it's premature or not. So you don't know what you're even wishing for. You're wishing for Nitzachon, wishing for victory, wishing for the hostages to be returned, wishing that we annihilate this threat for good. But we're also not living in fantasy. We also know the, the, the sacrifices that are going to be demanded to reach those conclusions and it's just painful. by the way i mean i know that this is to you this is nothing in the big picture but the fact that you and your staff come up with a concept like that i mean this is a dream of yours to use this campus for purposes that really enhance the lives of our fellow jews our brothers and sisters and look what you're doing for your sisters in this case i'm so proud of uh, of the staff um just thinking of ways of bringing light and life to so many people's lives, you can be, you can easily fall prey to being anchored in depression. You can easily fall prey and being in the negative space. And I don't want to trip on other people's toes of also of helping in that despair right. world. So to use this place to to give support and to try to give a smile to some people, either the wives of today, we had a brunch for those who right. came under Operation Hug, the mothers of and fathers of. Um, and, and they they need that. So to have this campus just hustling and bustling to be able to to bring something positive during these dark days is just an absolute schut, 
and nothing that I can possibly, not that I ever wanted to imagine that the campus would be used this way, but yeah. so happy that we have the ability to, to cater to those needs. So the uncertainty of the length of the war is weighing on everybody. In addition to what you just said, in the space that people are in, I don't mean physical space, people know that, but the space that people are in um, is, is hard enough. But the uncertainty of the future has started to, to weigh on people, to say the least. Yeah, you'll feel it over the next, over the next few days. When you're here, you'll, you'll hear it in the conversations. You'll sense it on people's faces. You're a you're, you're very nuanced individual. You're very attuned to a person's, you know, emotive responses, Nahum. So you'll, you'll see it when you're talking to people of just that, that uh, we're at, and not that you were at a breaking point, because a breaking point means that we don't have tomorrow, but we've been at a breaking point for, for weeks, and there's another tomorrow. And you go to sleep, and, and, and you, you wake up with a pit in your stomach, fearful to open up your phone, and you know that you're going to see the gorgeous face and the gorgeous name. And this morning was a kid from Beit Shemesh. Right. Parents are realtors. People know them. And then yesterday was another beautiful soul, and it just, it just, you know, Mayor Weingarten of Blessed Memory and I would always point out what you're saying, that they always take the best and brightest of our, of our, you know, generation, the generation that's in the IDF. And the reality is that you see it. We all see it. We're all experiencing it. We, we, the reason they take the best and the brightest is really the majority, if not all of them, are the best and the brightest. It's unbelievable the spirit that the army has, the incredible commitment that the army has, the love, the chesed, the incredible outreach. And I don't mean religious outreach. I mean outreach that people in this country have for others is remarkable. The way the enemy takes, takes their lack of care for others to the extreme, we take care for others to the other extreme. It's just incredible. And that's why we always feel like we lose the best and the brightest. Because everybody, Kimat, is in that category. Yeah, we're a beautiful nation. We're yeah. beautiful people. Did you hear my uh, Hanukkah vart? What's your Hanukkah vart? And by the way, I'm giving you permission. I know you like to relate. Um... I like to steal the Yeah, <laughs> I, I, like I know you like to steal the I know that even outside of Parsha Shlach, you like to tell your family a nice Torah thought at the Shabbos table every Shabbat. At least so one every course. So we do next courses. year, so next year, you're going to say to your family, "Thank God, mm. Nahum Siegel, on this Shabbos Hanukkah, I'm able to quote him because he told me the following." Again, I don't remember things. Ooh, so just I'll, I'll remind you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, last week we were saying, "Rabim biad ma'atim, Tameim biad tahorim, Rishayim biad tzadikim," and then we say, "Zaydim biad oskei Now. Why on earth do we have to say Oske Tarasecha? We just said Tahorim, we said Sadiqim. Doesn't that include, isn't Oske Tarasecha in the category? And the answer is that when you're fighting a war like the Maccabim did or our Maccabees of today are doing, a lot of people who have nothing to do with Jewish ritual become Oske Tarasecha. And we see it. Tzitzis, Tfilin, Hadlakat Nero, Tafrashaschala, and name the ritual that has, that, you know, the ritual of the day that has gone ahead and really, uh, you know, captured the hearts of so many of the young and older people in the, if, uh, in the country here. And now everyone. Make a note. You're going to. Really Erev Hanukkah. You're going to call And me. now everyone is a, an Osek Batarata. Everyone is. Well, there's uh, consciousness of, of what we're fighting for. Right. But I didn't know we had it in uh, us. 
I didn't know we had this. If we didn't have it in us, I would fear for our future no, as a nation. No, no. You have I, to be I, fair I, to what I'm saying because the ex- existential element is always there. And you expect the young people to take on the test. It's truly to beautiful live. to see that just but scratch that they, the surface. Yeah. That they are fighting literally for our heritage, tradition, yeah. ritual, and everything that the Jewish people stand for. It's unbelievable. And by the way... Their incredible commitment has had an unbelievable ripple effect throughout the entire Jewish world. Mm -hmm. You have Jewish actors and comedians who are making it a point to show the world that they also have this connection to the land. And they also feel connected to Jewish tradition. And I've never been so Jewy before until all this. It's remarkable. The whole thing is incredible. Anyway, that's... uh, that's your Oske Tarasecha. Beautiful. Well, I just hope that we're able to, please God, when this is all over very soon, that we, we sustain the goodness that we found, the commonality between us and the beauty of the commonality that we have, and also the anchoring that we found within our spiritual roots. Well, the right, the right political leader can make that happen, if that person exists. The right political leadership, the right communal leadership, the right media chiropractic adjustment. (laughs) (laughs) They need to be adjusted. (laughs) What did Rabbi Fass or Josh or Yehoshua, depending on your preference, what did he think as he was watching from here what was going on at the congressional hearings with the presidents of universities in the United States? I, I, I wasn't shocked. Like people walking around in the office and... and, and Did you hear? And, and I've, been, I've been part of this small little committee that has been giving updates to the government, to the Israeli government for the last three, four years, tracking um, real anti-Semitism on campus. Specifically uh, United States colleges. Specifically wow. United States colleges. There are a few individuals that are Mishugaladavar that have really fixed on this issue and they've been tracking it tracking it and with with snippets and presenting it to committees and uh, somehow i got involved not that i'm actively involved somehow i'm passively involved but i've been seeing you're on the stationary yeah but no no, what 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 took me what impacted me the most was the the lack of even trying to wrap the, the or shield the anti-Semitism. Right. We're talking about very intelligent individuals who are very articulate. Spin it, at least. At least feign. Show <laughs> some sensitivity. Something. <laughs> but the, the bla- just the fact that we live in a world in an atmosphere that you can feel that you're immune and that you have immunity to express yourself that way is is scary that was for me very scary you can no i get it i mean the question is how much worse is it going to get i'm i i'm not talking about anti-semitism how much worse is it going to get how much is that no how much worse is that going to get what you just well and and then harvard released that statistic that poll a week and a half ago that's also petrifying 51 percent of uh of 18 to 26 year olds 27 year olds felt that uh israel should just be taken not over by exist, Hamas? Right. Not exist anymore. What's going on here? When Nefesh Benefesh um, decided to remind the American Jewish community that they're around, right? Obviously, a decision you were involved with, obviously. Mm-hmm. That was a one-week effort? Or it's, no. This, it's a continuous we're gonna effort We're going to do a now. series. 
Make it, oh, so not necessarily weekly, but a series yeah, of... another one's coming out next week. With a different message or a different approach or... or we're going to repeat that first message and then start. Add to it, you mean? Maybe. Uh-huh. Interesting. I'm sure we'll talk about it off the air before it goes into papers. <laughs> I would hope so. Um, I mean, you know, you may have to put in the Aliyah Hall of Fame. Nachum Siegel? No. The president of Harvard. Because it's possible, even though we don't like doing that in this building, talking about moving to Israel for, God forbid, negative reasons. But, but you know, if you're going to, I know you hate when I do this, but. It's all good. No. Let's move on. <laughs> so I think I've covered three of the areas I wanted to discuss with you. The current situation here, the terrible pain that our brothers and sisters are going through on too regular of a basis as we lose our soldiers in battle, and the anti-Semitism that's in the United States of America. You, you wanted to add something? I just wanted to ask for my fast. The last time, I think it was the last time you were here, you discussed um, the numbers of, of people making applications and stuff like that. Right. And there was one specific group that we talked about, which was American students. So in, in light of what Nahum just brought up with the president of Harvard and the congressional hearings, are you seeing an increase in interest from American students of either making Aliyah or at least the Studying oh, here. going to college in Israel. That's a good there idea. There is a good idea. an increase, but not, not to a point that if we sat and rested on our laurels that you will have a, a real dynamic shift. Um, I, I have a proposal on my desk. I'm meeting with a couple of foundations over the next week or two about really marketing the concept, uh, a three-prong, marketing just having students aware that they're top of the field universities here, that the, some of them are ranked that's, top five, top ten in certain fields. That's a good idea. Because there are, I think, 116,000 self, self-described affiliated you know, Jewish students right. in college campuses across North America. Um, so 90% of them don't even know that this yeah. is available. It goes way beyond Technion, folks. Yeah, 90% don't even know, A, what's available. They don't know the tuition rate. They don't know the ranking of the university. Right. So number one is a marketing campaign, making sure that students know what's available. Number two is working with the campuses here to almost have like an affirmative action of making sure that there are slots available. for for for. Anglo students, and making sure that some of the classes might be done in English, so that mid-course, mid-field, people can transfer. If you're a sophomore or junior, it's going to be very hard to move and to continue right. in that coursework so into, in a different language. So if we can create what I'm trying to, what I'm dreaming of, is go to different universities and ask them, what specialty can they guarantee that they can do a coursework in English, And then we can go to the States and say, okay, we have 15 different universities. They're doing biochem, they're doing engineering, they're doing physics, they're doing this. And then they grab 30, 40, 50 students, dirt cheap tuition, and then you can help four or 5,000 students a year just come. Then you have to work with the government of Israel to say, could you give them the same discounts if they don't make Aliyah? Right. And use this as an Aliyah promotion, right. or not even Aliyah promotion, right. as a pikuach nefesh, right. or just being nice to our Jewish brethren so they don't have to deal with anti-Semitism <laughs> campus. So those are the three-pronged <laughs> approaches that I need to accomplish over the next few days. Which leads to my next question. Um, 
it's got to be hard to try to push these initiatives when you have a tenuous government of Israel. You know, they're, 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 one has to say, even with the unity government, that the, 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 this is not a stable government. I mean, one has to admit that, right? Of course. Okay, with that in mind, is it possible to, to take these initiatives to any significant step, to any significant degree when, again, you know... It depends, it depends which level of government. It depends on who will have continuity, which some professional staff stays on. Within each different ministry, there's different professional staff that is constant. And some of it's achievable and accomplishable, even if you don't have a government. Right. It just makes more of a burden on on the public-private synergetic relationship, which will be destroyed every single time you have elections. <laughs> but but you have to you have to rely a lot on on philanthropy and and do it specifically or episodically with each university and not do something on a national level, right. which is challenging, but it, it's doable. And, and the universities, a lot of universities want to do it and are eager to help. Which is good to hear. It's very good to hear. And again, like I jokingly say, it's a lot more than just the tech, you know, and people need to know that parents and students uh, in, in any field, whether it's medicine yeah, yeah, or right. fashion or engineering or or medical, we're top or Judaic studies or Judaic studies, we're topped. We have a bunch of uh, degrees that are in the top ten There's in the world. Five people in this country. Yeah, who knew? Say the least. Um, you have a lot of friends in government. How are they handling all this? I'm talking about the last seventy-five days. How they- I don't envy anyone in government right now. Right. That's what I, was- I say every single time I talk to anyone of my friends in government. I I, I don't envy. It's it's living in hell, and I say straight to some because of them. Because no decision's a good decision. Every decision is horrible. Right. Every decision is horrible. I can't even think of the calculated risks, the calculated decisions, the, the every decision is life just and fraught. Death decisions. Well, it, 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 yeah. it's the, everything is. Right. It's all life and death decisions. Trading hostages for terrorists, um, attacking with sensitivity to international pressure of of of. Concern for the enemy civilians versus your own soldiers. Uh, decisions of walking into a building and not walking in. It's just, it's just, it's just, um, some of them are capable of this and some of them are thrust into the position. Some of them are, are rising to attention, uh, to, to, the, to the level of competency. And some of them are, it's just, it's weighing on them. Mazal Tov, I was on an Aliyah flight today. Mazal Tov to you. That's it. Um, no, I no, forgot. No, no. Oh, I forgot the balloons. You made Aliyah this not, morning. Not my Aliyah flight. I was on another Aliyah oh. flight today, mm. uh, meaning I've done that in the past. And today, I get off the plane and notice Nefesh, Nefesh staff members. So quite obviously, it was an Aliyah flight. There are people still coming. Yes. And then, when I eventually got through Meches with my four massive orange duffel bags. Oh, what, what, what did you say? Duffel bag? Okay, go on. When I finally got <laughs> through, I, you know the first scene when you walk out of those doors... If there are people who are making Aliyah, there'll be people there with balloons and, you know, celebratory apparatus, as we call it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and sure enough, there they were, greeting the new Aliyah. I think there were two. I think there were two. I saw two little groups, you know, forming of people who have uh, obviously made the commitment to move to Israel now. I mean, we're talking Next about- week, there are 300 no. people making Aliyah. Wow. Not on flying. There, there are 50 people coming in one day. And 250 are changing status in the Surat of Pinim with us. 
300 people next to me. I wonder what the average age of 250 are. Any idea? I can find out. Are yeah. we talking about 25? We're talking about 40? What would the what would a reasonable average age be for those 250? I can run and find out. No, <laughs> you, don't have to, you don't have to do that. I have no idea. I can text. No, but you have plenty of experience in this. I don't throw out numbers if I don't know what I'm talking about. Wow. Boy. I don't know. What am I? Wow. If I can figure out. It's the last I can... time I call him, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Rabbi Fass, I cracked myself up so much. Oh, I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> um, today, yesterday, when was it that you said a select group, a distinguished group made, uh, what, do you, what do you call Aliyah when you're here in the country? Guided. Guided Aliyah. Were it triplets? Was it, what was it? What was it? What happened? Quadruplets. Quadruplets. There were four brothers and sisters. Bro- sisters. Four, four sisters. girls? Four girls. Wait a second. Elia. I'm a father of multiples. You're telling me there's a dad out there that had four daughters at once? Yeah, it's remarkable. Hang on a second. <laughs> oh. As a father of five, he's one lucky man. That, you hear that, girls? That that he's one lucky man. That is obvious, Rabbi Fass. I, mm-hmm. I hope you didn't take anything away from how I reacted. Are you kidding me? But but still, that is pretty remarkable to, um, wow, to have four daughters at once. Whew. I thought having two sons and a daughter in one day was something. Whew. Anyway, we're about to get an answer, it seems. Rabbi Fass is posing the question. And we're going to see here what the story is. Mm, seems to be a secret discussion yeah. going on. Uh, what do they call this? Let's a, listen what do they in. call this? A sidebar, if I'm not mistaken? That's what they call this? Ooh, here comes the cone of a silence. A sidebar, if I'm not mistaken? I'm back. Yes. Wow. Just, do we just ask for the stats, oh, you and I'll get the stats. Well, here we are. We're in Jerusalem. And in your temporary, soon-to-be, say it, come on. Oh, soon-to-be permanent is right, right. But, but, but there's a condition attached to that. You said no permanence until the building expands, right? Or am I wrong about that? No. We, there, you didn't say that? I didn't say that. I, I'm, I'm conver- you know, we I'm, have conversations that he and I both don't remember. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a big problem, guys. So this is not a condition. <laughs> I have a room upstairs, the server room, or he's going to kill me, or Machutin's going to kill me, but that area... We're putting everything on the cloud. So all of our major oh, servers. Sir. I thought you meant like when they serve lunch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, we're served. I'm sorry. Oh, we may have an answer here, Rabbi Fass. What do we got? What's the question? What's the answer? <laughs> the suspense is killing me. I can see that. I'll tell you, of all the questions I've asked in my career, this is not exactly the best one, I guess. <laughs> this might be a good time to discuss officially changing the way you call him. Why? He says we could use anyone we want. Yeah, sure is better than Josh. Yeah. Thank you. This is you what know, we're talking about. You know that in the Mayor Weingarten Nachum Siegel relationship, I was Yoshua. He was Kalev. I was Yoshua. Maybe that's and, why. And mine and Egal's relationship. It's um, Nachum. Maybe that's why I hesitate <laughs> to do it. Well, I maybe. Because I think I'm Joshua. It's confusing you. I could, not confusing, just some you, sensitive. You have a son, Joshua. And I have a son, Joshua. Very interesting. Anyway. Yes, you were said. Did you get an answer? No. Oh. Um, <laughs> what were we up to here? I was, oh, yeah. So I was I making a point. We, we come to Israel. It's the third trip. So you start to ask yourself, you know, is this, is this really necessary, a good idea? And God has a way of communicating with me. It's the only trip of these three I remember where from the plane to the hotel, I saw or heard from multiple people in this country how much it's appreciated. Apparently, you don't have to be Jerry Seinfeld to make an impact on this country. A regular person, whether he's got a radio show, 
whether he's a rabbi of a community, whether he's just somebody who's a balabas in a shul living in New York, New Jersey, or any of the other 48 states. You could show up here and actually make a difference and show people you care. Yeah, just being here. Just your presence means that um, exactly. you stand, stand with us. That's what we're trying to prove. And we stand with you as one family. That's what we're trying to prove. <laughs> anyway, uh, what can I say? Didn't sleep on the plane. You know what happens when you don't sleep on the plane. Do we know what, <laughs> what get, exactly happens? Do we know excessively I emotional? I fall asleep. You know what frustrates me I'm about Rabbi Fast? You know what frustrates me about so Rabbi Fast? What? Now I'm Rabbi Fast, so this is going to be a doozy. <laughs> we sit on a flight together, and it's some of the best moments of my life. I love schmoozing with him, and when we're on a plane together and he has time to actually schmooze, it's fantastic. And then there's an hour left to the flight. And he says, okay, I'm going to go to sleep now. I go, what? What are you talking about? And then he's, I think I've done this to you before. I've mentioned this to you before. It frustrates me terribly. Then I'm, what? That you're able to go and, and say to yourself, I'm going to go sleep for an hour and you actually get it done. I don't get it done. I fake it. Oh, so you have had plenty of these one o'clock <gasps> flights where you didn't sleep the entire day? Yeah. So. Oh. And a, and a moment ago, I thought you were a sleep hero. Holy no, I, I, I have the worst sleep habits. In general or just on planes? It reminds, general, me, it reminds general, me of a story that once happened with Avi Levine. Do you remember the story you got that happened with Avi Levine? Avi Levine? Yeah, on, Avi, a, on a flight? On a flight. I'm what with happened Avi with Avi Levine? What happened was very simple. What happened was I begged him to actually co-host the opening of the show with me that we were doing from the plane. Thought it would be great. Old friends after all. But you were scared that he was going to outshine no. you. Are you kidding me? Not because scared at all. he is one of the most talented individuals It was in the an world. open invitation, which, by the way, is still open. But he found every excuse imaginable. To avoid me on a plane. You know how hard it is to avoid someone on a plane? You're trapped in a tube. And he, and he was able to avoid me on a plane. Pretty remarkable. It looks like the tote board has been uh, checked and the answer is in. Here we go, folks. The question, well, let me remind everybody what the question was. It was moments ago. Next week, the, a couple hundred people making Aliyah guided, changing their status right. here in Israel. So next week, 250 people. So, yeah. Right? 250? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 250. What's the real number? Tell me, new. What's the real? Is it 200? 250? Yeah. She obviously washed. <laughs> she just about to eat sandwich. <laughs> Go on. Continue. We're in the there middle of this. Excuse suspense. me. Give me a second here, all right? You there want is... to suck on one of your candies? <laughs> I call oh, them. Oh, I call, oh, oh, wait a second. I forget, them about, the whole, oh, I forget oh. about the Avi Levine yeah. controversy. Candy Gate. Candy Gate, I, I have very bad news for you. Stacy Siegel's going to be here next week, and Candy Gate is going to reopen the, the whole Nahum thing. Siegel Frisbee. The whole thing Go is on. going to, to reopen. Anyway. The question was, there are two, this is remarkable to me. This is absolutely remarkable to me. 250 people, I'm assuming at a very young age, I could be wrong, that's why I asked, have made a commitment to change their status and to actually be owners of Israeli passports. Uh, Israeli, not passports, what's the word I'm looking for? What's that? Two two say How do you say it in English? Two Certificate of, of citizenship. What? citizenship. Certificate of citizenship. See, the, uh, Avi Levine. Avi came in handy. Thank uh, you. <laughs> a certificate of citizenship for the state of Israel. Something that our ancestors dreamt about. Dreamt about for God knows how long that there'd be a state and you'd be able to be a citizen of that state. 250 in one week are making this commitment. One day. 
No, but, but no, it's Not once a week. week. Next week. Ah, days. I asked the following question, Rabbi Fast, because you know if this answer is where I think it is, then it's just going to provide a tremendous amount of inspiration for this audience. I said, what is the average age? Just which my question. What is the average age of the 250 people who are making guided aliyah, who are changing their status next week? 97. <laughs> I don't believe it. The average age? <laughs> That's remarkable. What is the average age? Tell me. In December, the average age of those who are changing their status is what What were you thinking? Well, I said 25. Is that way 23. Too- <gasps> average of the year. There are around 1,200 people that change their status in Israel every single year. The average age is... Drum roll, you go. We have one. Oh, we have one. Oh, oh, no, 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 forget about it. I don't know. <laughs> no, you talking? no, no, no. Rabbi Fast, now you have to wait now a second. Now you have to wait a second. You can do that. You asked for it. You got a drum roll. It's like a real show studio. Off. Oh, I can't it's believe not, it. It's not. If don't it really takes you five minutes, then it's not worth it. It's more of a rib shot. No. Okay. No, no, I'm not going to. I'm not continuing. What are you crazy? No, not after that. This is amazing. It's not a punchline. 23? No, it's 28 average for the year. Wow. That, what well, does that, that say? That makes sense. That's 25. That's Basically, it means I'm a nobody. I failed. <laughs> I failed. Yeah, that's the takeaway. That, that's, um, the, that's the takeaway of this statistical dissection. It's all about you. Do you know that if I was not inspired I, I, by I, the 23-year-old or the 28-year-old is that I'm a failure. I want to tell you something. And on that note, the I campaign wanna, is open for another two weeks, my friends. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. If I became one of those guided Aliyah people, do you know the average age would go up to about 45? <laughs> That's how much yes, of a, a loser I am. Uh, no, it's only saying how damning your math skills are. <laughs> uh, only if five people change status, it is blood bowl. You get, 1,200 are. You get I don't my, think you'll make it even an impact. You got my point. Uh, not really. No, you don't get your point. <laughs> the point is... You feel bad you right. that you could have jumped on that bandwagon. You you feel bad that, but you know what? You hear the, here comes the, the massaging. Know? The massaging. Do you know what the, the massaging is that what, what you've done. Do you know? No, stop that. Do you know what the lone soldier? You can do it to me. Do you know what the lone soldier mom said on the air this morning? What'd she say? She said, "If there was a nefesh benefesh, when she was her son's age, she would have made aliyah and joined the army and joined the army. Love it. He, according to her, he. One second. He, according to her, <laughs> Rabbi. He, according to her, is living her dream. Beautiful. How insane is that? That is beautiful. So, that's the takeaway. Of course, that's the takeaway. You know, I was just joking around. No, the takeaway is of course that Nefesh, because Nefesh is here, of course. So it's not about yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you for explaining and that. If I'm not, and if I'm not mistaken, I think Avi wanted to add something to that. You want yeah, to add? Avi, go right ahead, sir. What was it? <laughs> yeah, hold on. <laughs> uh, here we go. It was a How two, did it just disappear. It was a word or two only. What was it? It was right on. Right on. There he goes. In other words, he gets the inspiration. <laughs> That's amazing. What happened was what? there was a drum roll, and I replaced it with Modati. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. I should have replaced one when, of the ones I don't need. Went in the middle of, a, <laughs> of an interview. A person says, like, Modati. Yeah. No, song, but I get song, it. I get it. Theme. I get it. He forgets his days when he was up at no. 6 in the morning to did the jam in the air. I know what you were talking I about. Anyway, Robert Fass. 
This is exactly what's happening in Israel. What's a, is this a record, by the way? We, go, we go from laughter to sadness. We go from sharing wonderful times together and sometimes grieving together. And that seems to be the extremes that the Jewish people are going through right now, especially here in Israel, of course, as you described. Look, just look at this conversation. We went from the depths of despair to thank God we're able to give everybody a little bit of a laugh out there. Pretty remarkable. That the story of the Jewish people is all about. Right? That's the takeaway of this conversation. Isn't that the story that you've always been told? That's the story of the Jewish people. The pendulum swings, Rabbi Fass. Doesn't it, Josh? Am I right, Joshua? <laughs> when, when can I leave? By the way... Could you check? Because because the, usually people panic that you haven't picked up your phone for forty five minutes. Now I already told oh. all those who call me Josh that I will that I will be on. You spoiled you. the whole thing. Every time you're on, that could have been such a great shtick. All right, so you're, not, so you're not made for radio. It's okay. Uh, anyway, no, unfortunately, because because I'm a failure. That's my, that's my takeaway. Rabbi I'm Fass. A failure at radio. First of all, room shut. Um, when, when am I here next week? When are you here in Nefesh? Thursday, I think. Tuesday. Yeah, look what you Mr. did to Thursday. They're all they're all texting him. His parents. <laughs> when did you change your name? <laughs> did they seriously write that? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Rabbi Avi Rush. I feel bad for the listeners because they don't know what's happening here. Oh, they get it. Anybody oh, who's been following it? for the last forty five minutes gets it. Oh, okay. It all starts with the name. It all starts with the name. You know what they say about the Jews in Egypt, right? They didn't change their name, right? Isn't that one of the, is that one of our traditions? Right. Yeah, they didn't yeah. change their name. Even though he's His got story three, starts he, with one Yosef. He, 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 okay. he has three so, names. Sorry to break interview. that, <laughs> He has three names in one interview. Say it again. It starts with Yosef. Yeah. It starts with Yosef, and that starts off with Safra Paneach, with changing his name. But it's okay. We're not going to. We're not going to get me down that measure. We don't argue with every book in the world. Anyway, it's borrowed to that. That's right. right. Can, can we make sure that you're here next week when when we when we come to this temporary studio? I think it's Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. Please join uh, us. Tuesday. Join us. Is it Tuesday? I think so. Join us Tuesday. I have a special guest that I'm going to be bringing in. Uh, you'll take the opportunity. What? No. <laughs> What's, What's happening? You'll, you'll take the opportunity to to say some nice things about this radio show. And the fact that it's bridging the gap between Israel and the diaspora. Okay. In as best a way as we can. Hey, we're trying. We're trying that. our best. Oh, yeah, I forgot that you were. You forget everything. I really should write. Just that. write me whatever I'm supposed to say about you next week. I'll type it out, please. Someone type it. I think Avi's on the case already. Look at this. The man's so diligent. It's amazing. Look what he's doing. It's incredible. I'll tell you. Anyway, that's it. I've been Rabbi Fass. When you come on to say something, the takeaway that I got from this is the reason that he made Aliyah. Who's the he? Who's the he? With the capital H, Rabbi Fess. <laughs> he made Aliyah so he can get a nap on Shabbos afternoon because he was giving all the shurim in Boca. And I had to tell sleep you. On I was going to ask you that, how you went without a nap Shabbos afternoon. Oh. It's a killer. Ask. Did you go to sleep early Saturday night? No. <laughs> no. It's one That's my remedy when I don't sleep Shabbos after, afternoon. After I left the rabbinet, I was, oh. I, 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 like, I reconnected to Shabbos. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Because your heart is We've had this conversation. No, we've had Shabbos. Most rabbis, they say it's... And it's... Some people enjoy it. They live on that... 
on that dynamic and that frenzy and that Avi Levine, who's our guest speaker here today. He's one of those. Oh, he's one of those people that he loves, loves to work on jobs. Yeah, interesting. Dangerous. interesting. Let's not spread that word around. Okay, please. Uh, please don't. Pro bono. Pro bono. I thank you for giving me a smile. We always. Every time. I always start. In a massive depressive state, and and I rightfully I, so. And I, I was and also I, depressed. And I leave this this temporary studio of yours. Tell the audience what I said to you when you asked how my flight was. Or you don't remember that either. <laughs> I, I got What did I say to you? You said, Nahum, how was the flight?" And my answer was. <laughs> Along the lines of any flight, even if it had one seat. You remember. Oh, you remember. You remember. That's the line. Any would, flight, even if there was only one seat on the plane, would be, would be uncomfortable. Ever so enjoyable. <laughs> and then, and then I, you get into story about your dad. Right. And, and, and So my father used to, you know, I don't want to say yell. That wouldn't be appropriate. My father used to. Um, admonish. Admonish my, me. And he would say that they would travel the Atlantic with single-engine planes, hoping that they would actually make it. And I'm sitting complaining about the legroom and the food. Yeah. You didn't tell him the story about our father being in the plane that had a hole in it. Right. Had a hole in the top of the plane. I've heard this. We can save it next week for the listeners. (laughs) Because I have to go to a meeting. (laughs) Short version of the story. That accident, he survived. Yeah, Baruch Baruch Hashem. All right. Anyway. Anyway, Rabbi Fess, all I can say is you're a brother to me, Rabbi. You are a brother to me. And Sorry, to, you go. And to reunite with, with to reunite Josh! <laughs> to reunite with my brother in the holy city of Jerusalem is always an incredible delight. Thank Love you. you too. You're the best. You are the best. The Jewish people are lucky to have you. Greatest Jew of the 20th and 21st century. He wants to say arguably. I'll add arguably. He is Rabbi Yoshua Josh Vass, the co-founder of Nefesh Benefesh. More coming up. You're listening to a Wednesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM.